Well, South Africa has sunk deeper into junk status after Moody's Investor Service and Fitch Ratings uh, lowered the country's credit ratings this weekend. Moody's cut the nation's uh, foreign and local currency rating um, and uh, to two levels below investment grade, uh, while Fitch cut the, the nation's foreign and local currency rating to three levels below investment grade. And um, the negative outlook continues, uh, not surprisingly, though. Uh, but what does all of this mean? for the average South African. We speak now to economist uh, Duma Kubule, uh, who is on the line to us. Duma, good afternoon. Thanks for your time once more. Hi, Sakina. Thanks for the invite. So as I say, perhaps not unexpected. It has been a very tough 2020 for obvious reasons. And then this downgrade. Can it get any worse at this stage? Sakina, we must remember that we're going through the worst economic crisis in almost a century. And um, I was listening to the comments on your, from your listeners, and I cannot get, I can, I cannot be impartial and not emotional on the topic of this economy. So I've long predicted that um, we should not be listening to the rating agencies. I predicted long ago that when we get junk, um, when we get to junk, nothing will happen. Our bond yields. Nothing will happen to our bond yields or our currency. And the event happened on the 27th of March, and nothing happened for, um, to our economy in terms of bond yields and the currency. If you look what happened since the 27th of March, our currency has appreciated by 11%, which is the opposite what the people are saying, and our bond yields have um, have reduced by almost 300 basis points. So that is also the opposite of what people are saying. So what... I- do not have a debt problem. We have a GDP growth problem because when you measure your debt ratio, it's debt over income. In the same way, when your bank is trying to give you a loan for a house, if your salary, your income goes down, you qualify for less. So what we should be focusing on is increasing national income because when you increase national income, your debt takes care of itself. So what the four trillion rand that we we will be owing by the end of March 2021, if we have a much larger economy, it will be able to absorb that debt. So I think that as South Africans, the reason for our large, our our rising debt to GDP ratio is because the cost of capital has been rising faster than the growth of the economy, and the economy hasn't grown for the past decade. And I coined this term called the last decade because before other people started talking about nine wasted years here. So where to from here? We have a finance minister who's busy tweeting away, asking us, the public now, what we think should be done about uh, that bottomless hole that is SAA. Tito um, Mboweni has described the downgrade as painful. But what does that mean to the ordinary South African if the finance minister says it's painful? Well, the finance minister tweeted that he doesn't really want this job. So um, so what we need is a finance minister who wants this job, who really wants to solve the issues that we have. So what we need is we have to reduce the cost of capital. That's number one. So the Reserve Bank has bought government bonds of about $39 billion since the start of this crisis. The Reserve Bank can buy much more government bonds to reduce the wrong cost of capital in South Africa because it was 8.8%. So if the Reserve Bank takes control of the bond market, as has happened in all 
major economies in the world, um, then we can take control of the cost of capital. And then secondly, we have to inject new money into the economy to be able to grow the economy. Because as the rating agency said, that even if we implement these reforms in the recovery plan, we will not grow our economy because the reforms are long-term issues that will result in a strengthening of the supply side of the production side of the economy in the long term. They are not short-term measures to get our economy going. When the immediate problem in our economy is the demand side of the economy, there's too little money chasing too much production in the economy. There's a lot of spare capacity in the factories, and we need to get to a situation where people ordering uh, people on the street have more income so that, yeah, so, so we need to find a quick boost to the economy in the short term. So let's talk about the role of the Reserve Bank for a minute and, 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 and why uh, the Reserve Bank hasn't stepped up and played a more central role at this stage, especially now, uh, given all the factors that you've just mentioned and where we find ourselves economically as a nation. Okay, so the Reserve Bank could cut interest rates more because it's emergency times. There's zero threat of there's zero threat of inflation in a depression by definition. So that would reduce the cost of capital at the short end. Now, the second thing, the Reserve Bank, there's a report that the IMF recently released, the Fiscal Monitor Report, and they said, unlike the previous crisis in 2009, where the rich countries' central banks printed money, what we've had this time is that emerging markets, about 18 emerging markets, have started and. Um, printing money to invest in government bonds on the government debt and all that. Um, so now you even saw Ghana do aggressive um, printing of money by their central bank. And for crying out loud, if Ghana can do it, I don't see why South Africa can't be more aggressive in terms of printing more money and injecting more money into the economy. Indonesia, Philippines, India, many developing countries, it is a comprehensive survey of 18 development countries that have done such policies. And there was no punishment from, from foreign national markets. And their currency stabilized and their cost of capital went down. So I'm saying we must do exactly what the IMF found in their, um, in their latest IMF fiscal monitor publication. But why have we been reluctant to do so, Duma? Well, the governor says we must reach zero percent inflation and interest rates. But many of these countries in the survey that was done by the Reserve Bank, I mean, by the IMF, we have higher higher inflation rate and interest rate than South Africa, for example, Indonesia and Philippines, and I think Ghana as well. So I don't understand. Um, I think um, we need to have a new leadership in South Africa in terms of our economic cluster. You know, Sakina, I was doing a scenario as to what it will take after the recent unemployment numbers for us to get to full employment of 5% by the year 2030, because the recovery plan says they want to create 1 million jobs by the year 2030, and we have to create 70 million jobs by 2030 to create full employment for South Africans. Now, you can't create 17 million jobs by doing business as usual. The same policies that we've been implementing for the last 26 years, we have to rethink. And everything that we do in South Africa must be focused around the economy. I despair South Africans' amount of time they spend talking about Bushiri and Zuma, stuff that is quite frankly irrelevant right now. We need to talk about the economy. It's the economy stupid as, uh, yeah. 
Duma, cold hard truths, and that's where we're going to have to leave it for this afternoon. Economist Duma Tobule helping us make sense of the downgrade by Moody's Investor Service and Fitch Ratings. And uh, that's what it means, uh, plain and simple. Uh, so let us know what your views are on this as well. And hopefully we'll make more time to speak about this, uh, because as Duma says, it doesn't matter what we talk about uh, along the periphery. In the end, we have got to get South Africans working. That has to be our key priority as a nation. And obviously, the policies that we have been following, haven't they haven't led us to the promised land. So what do we need to do differently? These are conversations that we need to have as urgently as yesterday.